Well, apologies, I missed the caller's name, but I agree with the caller. Chester. His name is Chester. Chester, I'm sorry, I agree with Chester, yes. I thought you, I thought you were going to Chester. I thought you were blowing me off. No, his name is Chester. Okay, let's go to Chester. I thought Chester was a new one. Uh, oh, no, it, I, I would say... Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Husky Fan Podcast. We took a week off, Huskies didn't play, and I realize that we have not covered that 19-7 lackluster victory on one side of the ball over the Oregon State Beavers. Jimmy, my main man, my bro, did you get the bye week okay? Uh, did they win? (laughs) Well, we didn't lose. Well, that's always a positive. That's something to be happy about, huh? Yeah. It, well, what's exciting about Husky football these days? What do you want to? What do you want to reminisce about our lovely dogs and our favorite happy-go-lucky coach Pete? What uh, What topics do you want to cover on this lovely Monday evening? Well, we can talk about the uh, total clusterfuck that the offense has become. But we can, on a happier note, we can talk about the fact that uh, the defense looks like it's really turned the corner, led by our guy Joe Tryon. Who Not, nothing like to nothing like to dominate the Oregon State Beavers, that uh, prolific offense and program. The epic beatdown on the Beavs goes down as a what a historic night for the defense against the. The mighty, powerful beavers of Oregon? Well, their offense several weeks ago, it was, in all the advanced metrics, it was highly rated. And literally, they put up points and did pretty well against everybody except for Oregon State. They did beat Cal. I think they won 21-20, something like that. Uh... But are you Utah? So I mentioned Utah. Utah, I think, beat them forty-two to seven. And other than other than that, and then scoring, they scored twenty-one points on Cal. Um, you know, they, their offense has been a good offense. Now, granted, they don't have the level of players that like a USC or an Oregon has, but that's still a really good defensive performance. I mean, that that's not an Oregon... That's not like an offense from a 1-10 Oregon State team. That's a that's a decent... Even if you adjust for the talent, I think that's a decent above-average offense. No, it, you know, I was being a little, you know, sarcastic there. I, I mean, I think when we want to look for positives with this season as a whole... And de- defensively, you know, they've shown at times and there's been breakdowns, uh, you know, with the youth and and just kind of being a bit of an odd season as a whole and, and having deficiencies, obviously, at linebacker. We've talked about every week the fact that they came out and uh, I don't think Oregon State crossed Washington's 37, if I recall. And I mean, wasn't there at one point they only had like eight yards, something like that. Thing through a certain amount of time, was it was it through the second half? Yeah, I think it was through the second half. I was, that's what I was thinking it was. So I, I mean, the factor in those things, um, and, and and the fact that, like you'd said, they they've been pretty good offensively. That that was a night uh, for the defense to you know hang their helmet on, so to speak. Yeah, and, and Tryon had a hell of a night. Now, not sure if that was. Due to some matchup scenarios or whatnot, but uh, the, what I want to see chess is they build on it and, and continue to improve um, because they're really going to need this defense uh, to come through as as they've been counted upon in this program for the entire Pete tenure because of his uh, goofy offense. Yeah, but I mean, at least I, I think. That out that outcome for the game was better than winning uh, like a fifty-one to twenty-four type of game where the offense 
looked like it, it looks like it gets back on track. And the defense, well, they'd say, well, they did okay. And Oregon State has a good has a good offense, so you know it's a road game. We still won by a lot. I mean, I, the the outcome that we had for that game, I just think is better moving forward because we don't want the of course we want the offense to do well, but we don't we didn't want it the last three games to just score like 40 or 50 points a game and then Pete could say oh well you know now things are on track and you know it's going to be you know locked and loaded for next year if Eason returns and no no fuck that I mean they they, they need to completely overhaul it so any success on the offense um, you know there is a worry not just for me but I think for many people any end of the season success against lesser opponents would uh, possibly, you know, preclude Pete and company from making the changes that are so desperately needed on the offense. So that's it. Well, just I, I do want to point out that this might be your best mic night in a long time. You're sounding really good on the microphone this evening. I'm I'm impressed. So shout out to you. You're sounding sharp on the mic tonight. And uh, I just got to say. Looking back at this year and everything that we always discuss with this program for this season, has it always come back to the offense <laughs> and what they need to do? I mean, what else? I mean, the fact that, you know, what, what are they, six and four? Yeah. Did you just say program, by the way? I did. I mean, <laughs> kudos to you for that. Well, I, I the point I'm trying to say is, like, we're – we're somewhat like running out of things to say this, <laughs> yeah. this year because it's like a broken record with this team for this season. It's been difficult to get through this one, right? Because we see some glimmers and then it's like two step backs back and then we see a glimmer and then we have to listen to Pete's nonsense and post game and, and weekly pressers. I mean, what is he even talking about chess? I mean, Bring some levity yeah. to what Peterson is thinking and what he's saying. It's just, from him, it's just empty rhetoric. There's too much empty rhetoric. I mean, and, and just look at the, you know, I don't want to get a comparison between him and Hopkins, but just look at how Hopkins deals with the media. Uh-huh. You know, he, he totally respects them and he doesn't mind doing it. He doesn't look at it as like this chore that he hates doing. It's part of the job, and he gets paid, you know, and they get paid a lot of money to do it. Exactly. <laughs> but, well, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, the offense continues to be the elephant in the room, but I'm just thinking, you know, a, on a favorable note, and I think you brought up the question, you know, in the last game or two, have we seen a turning point for the defense? Because let me set it up, Jimmy. The defense, the defense. I think the Oregon game. That's probably when the run defense bottomed out. You know, the run defense against Utah. Zach Moss had 27 carries for 100 yards. Like the, we kept him in check. They had to throw the ball to him a couple times. You know, unfortunately, one was a touchdown. Um, but I, you know, in that game, our secondary really had a bad game. But I think the run defense in the issue at linebacker Ulafosio had a really good game. You know, I'm trying to get the snap counts for these last couple games. Uh, but Ulofosio, he did not play any snaps at inside linebacker until, I think, the Utah game. So, and, and the, of course, he had a good game against Oregon State, Pat, you know, Pac-12 player of the week. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that, you know, if, if the success against Oregon State, if that continues through the rest of the season. Why did it take uh, it so long for him to see the field? I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I thought he coming into the season, I thought they would they would try him there. I don't know, especially the production that we've seen out of linebacker. I mean, did it take ten games into the season to say, you know what, maybe we should give another guy a shot? Did it take ten games, or or was it that? <laughs> no, I, no, it took uh, eight or nine games. So okay, <laughs> yeah. So did it take? Uh, was he not practicing to the level of what they want these kids to practice? And I got a rant. I've got a rant for tonight, Chess. Just go ahead. Bring it out. It, you want me to get into it now? Yes. Well, off, you know, little sideswipe. I mean, we'll get back to El Fosio, but how, how, how in the world, how in the world... 
on Sunday, do you find out that Washington's going to play at 8 p.m. on the road and then turn around and play a Friday Apple Cup at 1 p.m.? Okay, so that game, assuming the game goes, you know, within like a three and a half hour range of play time. So you're off the field at 1130. You're probably not on the plane till 1, 130. So you've, you have a two hour and 40 minute flight. So, I mean, you get the hour back, of course. But granted, you're not getting at home till five or six in the morning. I, I don't know about you, and I obviously when you're younger, you can bounce back much faster. But if you literally don't sleep for a night and then you get home at like five or six and maybe you sleep for four or five hours and you're up and then you got to readjust to the week and then play on Friday. And these clowns talk about player safety and that athletes come first. I'm sorry, but you should not be playing a game at 8 freaking p.m. Remember when we'd bitch about 7.45 kicks? Remember that Arizona State game? It was that super windy night and, like, the, the zone tarp blew off? At 2014. Yeah, well, what did I say? Yeah, no, you didn't say. You yeah, just said... 2014, you, yeah. He yeah. priced that game, I think. Or, I'm not... Sorry, Troy, sorry. Troy Williams. Troy Williams. Jeez, sorry. Uh... Troy Williams played that game, but but you remember like we were bitching about how late that game was. Now now we're at eight p.m. kickoffs. I mean, yeah, it's, what, no, I mean it's, it's that's an ESPN game, right? Is it an ESPN game? Uh, I think so. I, yeah, so the East Coast—that's an eleven o'clock kick. No, granted, I know it's not like a highly sought-after watched game, but that shouldn't matter. Like, you can't find a different slot during the day to play that game. Well, I guess, you know, the reality of the situation is uh, that it's not going to have as big of a, t- uh, of a TV audience if you play it earlier in the day. And I guess that's... Oh, just- you mean people are going to tune, tune in at 8 o'clock? I mean, if the game sucks, people are just going to go to bed. Yeah. Like, they'll record the game and watch it in the mor- <laughs> morning. I mean, seriously, think about that schedule for the coaches and the players to be f- flying all night. It's and then, have, and then turn around and then get ready for the uh, Crapple Cup. Uh, it just, to me, it's mind-blowing. It's just, it's absolutely absurd. I'm so tired of this this conference and Larry Scott and the shit we have to put up with in this conference. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. But yeah it, I mean, it, it is what it is, and it's... Well, it is what it is, and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't... It, it, it's just... It, everything has become about money. And that's a whole nother discussion, but... Um, that, yeah, it's just everything's become about money, and all these companies, they doing what they can to make more money, put the game on TV, and, you know, it's killing the game experience, it's bad for the fans going to the game, you have these ridiculous game times, uh, it, these game times where you're playing in, like, frigid temperatures because you're playing at night. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be 30 degrees, that's, that's the... Temp at but, kickoff. I mean, the the, the state. I know it's a Colorado, and you know they have decent fan support. But I mean, I would guess the stadium is not going to be very full. I, I'll be very interested to see. I, I will be attending this. This <laughs> that might be some of my frustration. I will be attending the game. Yeah, don't ask me why I'm flying to watch. Watch the six and four Washington. You could, yeah, you could, you could tell me. Uh, you could tell me after we stop recording. I will be, I will likely be uh, on metric superiority guy's couch watching this game, keeping warm with a blanket, which will also shield my farts from whoever else is there. Jeez. Yeah, well, I might take the thirty degree eight p.m. evening over that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if I would just, like, we talked about it before, but I would, if I were you, as long as you don't mind the cold, I would just go to the game. 
I'm going. I, I've made the commitment. I'm going to be attending. I, I was really, I mean, it's apparently supposed to be sunny skies and 50 degree high on the day. I was hoping and praying for a 1 p.m. kick. I thought that would have been a perfect time to play this game. Good, good time of day to be in Boulder and, uh, you know, get, a, you know, catch a dinner after the game. Enjoy a few pops, they like to say. And, uh, you know, rub elbow, rub elbows, sorry, rub elbows with uh, Bill Fleener and some other big swinging dick boosters. Yeah. Yeah. Rub elbows with the Fleenster. Yeah. Get to hear about his uh, future predictions on the uh, stock market and housing market and and the future of Husky football. I'm sorry to say I'm going to miss out on that. But, you know, frankly, just I'll figure it out. We'll probably have some dinner before the game. What the hell? Yeah, just do that. It, it, I, you're, you're just frustrated because, and I don't blame you, you were really hoping it would be a day game. Like, just the game experience would be so much better if it was a day game. I mean, getting back into Denver at frickin' midnight, I mean, it's it's just it's just not ideal. It's just not ideal. I don't appreciate it. Wait, you're it's so you're driving, I'm so, sorry to interrupt, you're driving back to Denver after the game? Yeah, I'm not staying in Boulder. Are you flying out that night or the next morning? No, no, no. I'm flying out a day or two early. See the sights. Go enjoy Denver. It's a great city. Lots no, of no, I mean, are you leaving Denver? Yeah, leaving Denver. Oh, no, no. I'll leave Denver on. Probably going to go on. Leave Monday. Uh Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that, that's tough, brother. I'm, uh, I'm sorry about that. That really blows. No, I appreciate your apologies, buddy. But uh, I, I'd rather have Larry Scott pay. Yeah. You know, hope, hopefully you get to witness a great performance, especially from our defense, and that they carry over the performance from the first half against Utah and the uh, you know the entire game against Oregon State. I, 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 That's the thing. Let me just say, like, we can build off that performance. I'll let you go. But let's see it two times in a row. Let's see it back to back. And then you can tell me they've turned the corner. And then people can start really, you know, you know, dooging over the defense. Well, I'm already dooging over the defense. You're you're already there. You've already seen enough. You've seen the beatdown against the powerful Beef. And you've you've made it in your mind that this – Defenses turn the corner and they're going to be dominant from here on out. You've made that, you've made that turn. Well, well, I, you're, you're. I, I agree with the first half of your statement, but not the end. They've turned the corner, yes, but that's the question: Will they be dominant or not from here on out? That's really the so question. They've turned the corner. What does that mean then? They've turned like they bottomed out against Oregon. They're gonna, they're gonna improve. They're gonna get better and better. The run defenses has already it's bottomed out. The play at linebacker has bottomed out, so it's all, it's only going to get better or less worse from here on out. And you throw in Tryon, who seems to figured it out. Uh, I mean, that that guy was a total animal in the first half against Utah. The entire game against Oregon State, he was awesome. I, I think he's figured it out, and he's he's turned the corner. And um, you, you have that. I mean, you have that guy providing the pass rush. Um, it's, it's just something we haven't seen in our defense since mm. Joe, Joe Mathis in the early 2016 season. So, I, Jimmy, one follow-up or second question is, aside from the defense as a whole, can Joe try on – I mean, can he continue his dominance? Because he has been dominant the last two games. He shot up the charts statistically coming into this past weekend. He was second in the league in tackles for loss. You know, he's gotten, I think, seven tackles for loss the last two games. And, I mean, if he continues to be dominant, you know, that helps the defense a ton. But I do think um, I do think the rush defense has bottomed out. And so can Tryon, because if Tryon continues to be dominant, that helps the pass defense as well. And, you know, the pass defense really struggled against Utah, but not against Oregon State. Well, I think what's obviously important for me is that <clears> – <throat> I want to see the continued production uh, to finish out the year. And and granted, I mean, 
it's not like they're facing a couple juggernauts ahead. I mean, Colorado, Washington State. I'd like to see some domination out of those two teams because, let's be honest, they're not very good. They're not very good. So I want to see them kick their ass. You know, I want to see them have, you know, total beatdown, right? I mean, I feel like if they turn the corner, they're going to totally light these two squads up. And then whoever they get in the um, in the bowl game, I think it'll be what the Alamo or the Holiday, depending on some factors on how other teams finish out. But they could end up facing Michigan, Iowa, in the Holiday. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be a good be a good opponent to end the year. Yeah, yeah. So you know, let's let's kick the crap out of uh, the Buffs and, and the Coug, and then. You know, see how they fare against a little bit better competition in the bowl game, and we'll see whether or not this this defense uh, has truly shown that they're gonna they're gonna turn the corner and, and be really good. Because let's let's face it, Chess. I mean, what more can be said about this season? We, we've already begun our discussion on next season. So when we're evaluating these final few games in the bowl game. We're clearly going to carry this over on our expectations for next year. And we need this defense to really step up because there, there, there is no guarantee, like zero guarantee that the offense is going to be any good next year. And, and granted, if they lose some pieces, even from guys that, well, we know they're going to lose the majority of their offensive line. Good chance Hunter Bryant's gone. We don't know about Easton's status. You're talking about a really precarious situation offensively. So it is crucial that the defense continues to blossom uh, as we've seen these last few games. Yeah, I would agree with most of that statement, although I'm not worried. I mean, I'm I'm not 100% confident, but I'm confident that Eason's coming back next year. Um, You know, there'll be some rebuilding on the offensive line, but there's more talented guys coming in. I mean, just... Peterson doing a complete overhaul of the offense, bringing in someone from the outside. Um, you know, I, I think that can make a huge impact because, and, and we don't know what we're going to get out of the offense to, for the rest of the season. It's just look, they they were pretty good against Oregon and Utah. I mean, against Utah, that's the best defense in the league, Jimmy, and we scored twenty eight points with three turnovers plus the turnover before halftime. So we really, 28 points with four turnovers. Eason had a really bad game. Um, 31 points against Oregon. And then we play a team where you should score 50 points against easily, at least 40 points. And they only score 19 or a net of 12 points. I mean, it's just it's just asinine. So, no, I agree with you. We don't know what we're going to get out of the offense. But if, if the defense gets back to where it's been the last couple of years, then you have a chance to win every game. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I, it's just hard to come up with what we're going to expect, right, for next year. But the, the key components, the key building blocks are how they finish out. Uh, to, you know, let's face it, it's been a disappointing season on, on, on many levels and, and a very head-scratching and perplexing season on coaching decisions, on personnel decisions, uh, on recruiting, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, results uh, over the past few years. So I I think there's a lot to be uh, said for the last few games of this year, the the way they finish out of 2019, because I really think it's going to set the tone for next year, and and it's going to be crucial, like you said, for Easton to return for this offense and, and figure out a way to make him really, really efficient and explosive. We can't see another broken. If we see another broken offense, just, I, I mean, I might just have to take a break. Yeah, it's, I, 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 We're not, we're not going to see that. I'm pretty confident. We're not going yeah, to see that. Okay, well, there's, if, there's going if, to be an overhaul. And I will say the one thing we're not talking about is there will be addition by subtraction. Like, losing some of the less talented seniors. You know, I'm not going to name names to be nice, but I, I just think, you know, looking at the juniors on this team, I think that's a strong leadership class for next year. 
Uh, you know, you look at Eason, you look at, well, maybe Savon will go, but Eason, Savon, uh, Keith Taylor, Levi, uh, who else? Uh, Molden. I mean, you have a nice group of juniors that I think could really be ready to lead this team as seniors. And, no, I totally agree with your point. Remember the end of the 2015 season, we started getting things on track. Granted, the end of the season, the schedule was easier, but, you know, we kind of have something similar now. So if the defense puts together two or three more good performances, you know, we get uh, three more wins. You know, a win over Iowa or Michigan, I mean, that would be nothing to sneeze about. Uh, it, it, it's you're correct. I think the setup is there to end this season on a good note and have a lot of momentum for the offseason national championship. You know, heading into the 2020 season. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I, as we continue to pontificate on on the same topics, we, <laughs> and we yeah we we attack we attack the same topics from a different angle as often as we can. I mean, did, do we want to say anything more about the Beave game? I mean, it was two weeks ago. I, I really remember. I think I fell asleep. I think I had to rewatch the fourth quarter. Like, just nothing kept. I could not stay awake. One of, yeah, one of the guys we're watching the game with, he fell asleep in the fourth quarter. So shout out to that guy. <laughs> I, forget, I forget his name. But don't feel bad, Jimmy. I'm sure you, you and this guy are not the only ones. I mean, how, how how bad was that defense? Weren't they like 124th defensive? Like defensively, they're absolutely atrocious. I mean, the Beavs defense, one of the worst out right. there. I, although I will say, I will give Jonathan Smith credit because he he said before the game they they played better defense against Arizona. And look, we still should have scored 40 or 50 points. But I will say their defense, it didn't look like they had a lot of breakdowns. Like they. You know they tackled pretty well, and and that sort of thing. They didn't have like bad penalties, so. Um, but still, we should have scored forty or fifty points. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. No, there's just no. Yeah, I mean it. How can he be that bad against that bad of a defense? Well, I, I, it's this offense that's completely inconsistent, and I think it's because. I mean, there's no, they really don't know what they're doing because there's no central philosophy. I mean, if they don't have a central philosophy and we're just going to run plays and be multiple, as Pete says, how can you get, how can you get good at that and be consistent at that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, you know, a football player or a football coach would have to answer that, but and you, I mean, you can answer that. I, I don't even know if I'm right. That's just my opinion on it. No, it doesn't feel like they do. There's a few things I feel like they do well, but overall, like it, it doesn't, they, the, the offense has never shown a lot of confidence in what they're doing. Like I, early, like the scripted plays. And then when things kind of like go off script or they've, you know, getting further in the game, it just seems to, start falling apart and then you're kind of reliant on guys making some big plays like you know Ahmed making that big run against USC sorely needed right Puka Puka making those catches against Arizona yeah Uh, I mean and and certainly that's an area of football you got to rely on talent and good players that make for good football plays (laughs) but uh, I mean, you're not gonna. That's not gonna win you every game. You, you got to be able. And I know Pete talks about execution and consistency, but th- think about that for a sec, Petey boy. <laughs> what are you doing in practice to to ensure those things? Are you running such a large playbook that you're only adequate at a lot of plays? You might got a lot of plays in the book. But how good are you at executing them? If you got all sorts of bullshit, all these... Seriously, like, how how many... If you're watching college football on Saturday, how many shifts and all that... I mean, you see some of that stuff in the NFL. You watch NFL offenses, you see a lot of shifts and bunch formations. I don't think you see a lot of... I mean, at least, I'm not... I do watch other football. I don't notice it as much. I, I could just be biased. But, like, you watch LSU, they're not running that... 
They run RPOs. But they're not like... I mean, they got good talent. The quarterback's very good. That helps. But they're not running a bunch of just baloney offense. I just feel like Washington's offense just sucks. Well, Jimmy... Jimmy, statistically, if you look at the advanced statistics, I did a post on this on bowdown2washington.com, which we're, uh, we're, we're getting the new new forum ready at a snail's pace. We've made a lot of progress on that. Um, but yeah, if you look at the advanced statistics of where we are now offensively compared to last season, there's literally like not that much of a difference. Like we're Even in a few of them, we're worse than where we were last year. And... I mean, to think about the talent that we have on this offense. You have a first-round quarterback. You have a, a first-round tight end when he's healthy. You have Kate Otten, who what? Is he a third-round tight end? He's going to be a third-round tight end. At receiver, you have, uh, you know, we had Puka, who we weren't playing, who was outstanding. Jordan Chen has made some plays. Bynum was good against Oregon in the next game. He's made tough catches. Uh, you have an offensive line with, uh, you know, Nick Harris has been all Pac-12 a couple times. Trey Adams, not as good as he used to be, but he's still fairly good. Jackson Kirkland, I mean, he's going to be a star. He's probably an all-pack 12 guy or close to it this year. You know, Hilbers, he's half decent. Uh, you know, who am I forgetting? Is Wattenberg is at five. I mean, this, this offense should be way better than where it's at. It's just totally underperforming its talent level. Yeah, I mean, that... It doesn't make any sense. I, I I'd love to know what the internal, you know, makeup of what is going on in the, in the coaches' meetings in the film room. I mean, because they've got to know, right? Do they know? They have the to know. It's, know. They, they have to know it's fucked up. I mean, and they continue just to do that. I mean, why not? I I don't. I guess I just don't. I don't know. I mean, this this week will be interesting to see, you know, who plays. Oh, and another thing about the the Oregon State game, it, it, I don't, you know, I, I was talking about the snap counts earlier. You know, we, we had the Munchkins back in there for most of the game. Yeah. Can we get, is Keith Gilbertson still around? Can he be a consultant? He can coach the O-line. And come back, bring back the single, single back offense. Well, you know what? I just think any change in the offense is going to be better. Like, just given the talent that we've recruited, you know, the the talent that it it potentially could have next season, like, I just think just do anything other than this, and the offense will be better. Like, it's it's totally underperforming its talent level. And, I mean, if you think about if you look at our statistics, and you told us before the year, Jimmy, the offense is going to be basically how it was the year before, then losing three or four games totally makes sense because we knew the defense was going to take a step back. Well, we didn't think, I mean, we, look, we were pretty high on the defense early when we were talking about the fact that, a lot, you know, a lot of the guys coming back had a lot of snaps last year. And right. granted, there was some youth. And I don't know that we expected the linebacking core to have this drastic of a drop off, but it was clear pretty quickly. But like when we were talking about the offense, I mean, we were in Duke territory, breaking down the the the, the personnel groups and, and the experience. But we also said, I mean, we had the caveat that, I mean, if it doesn't work this year, it's a hundred percent on the coaching. Like yes. that, there's no excuse. Like you can't use the like noodle arm quarterback or not enough talent. Like you can't use. So we know what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Eating a Reese's over there? You having a Reese's Pieces cup or something? I wish. Mm. I thought my mic game was pretty good. Or is it falling off now? Picking up all sorts of random. It's like you're eating a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup. No, I already had a piece of fish earlier. Okay, good. I might might have a slice of cheesecake after we finish, though. This is a reward for doing this pod. Yeah, treat yourself, huh? Treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, I am optimistic, Jimmy. I did. You're optimistic because Pete's going to figure it out, huh? Well, I'm optimistic because I am hearing what. What am I hearing? Um, 
based on what I'm hearing, I do think where most of the guys, including Eason, are going to return next year. And I'm also hearing that uh, don't be surprised if uh, Hamden, Pow Pow, and Gregory are gonzo. So I yeah. I, I, I think we're gonna Pete's, Pete's a smart guy. He knows he he knows he's fucked up. I think we're gonna see those. We're gonna see staff changes. And who knows about Jimmy Lake, Jimmy? Because the last couple of years, you know, he's kind of held us up for more money. And I think I heard, you know, we're not willing to do that again this year. So, and to be honest about Jimmy Lake, I, you know, of course I love him. I want to keep him. He's been great. He's been overrated as a recruiter. Look at our safeties. You know, we've had an issue with safety. And look, this year, Jimmy, Kelly Ringo, that five-star guy who used to be in Federal Way or Tacoma or wherever it was, a year, yeah. or, two, a year or two ago, it looked like, you know, Dennis told me, he's like, we're going to get him as long as Jimmy is still here. Not even in the top five. So, Jimmy Lake, I mean, yeah, he's been great, but, like, his recruiting has been a little overrated and not getting Ringo... You know, that's disappointing. And, I mean, you've had some issues with his calls on the defense. Well, I have. Though, I mean, if we're going to point to Oregon State and the dominance of the defense, you got to give Jimmy credit there. And that's why I want to see if this continues. If they have turned the corner, they're going to dominate two shitty teams up coming up ahead. And, you know, if – if Jimmy Lake decides to move along and he gets a head coaching gig or a, a higher profile job, you know, which, you know, there's not many programs beyond Washington after that, that would be too much high profile. It'd have to be one of the big major blue blood schools or a Southern school. Um, you know, that means Kwiatkowski takes back over the play calls in the defense and arguably the defense was elite. Yeah, and the, and the other thing, yeah. Well, oh, sorry to interrupt. You have another thought. Zelit under Kutowski, right? Right, and and the other thing is, think about money. Jimmy Lake is making a shitload of money. I mean, he's making like over one million. Is he not? He is. Like one point two million, one point three million. I think it's something like one point two or one point four. Gerard Alexander at Cal is making two fifty. <laughs> so there, I mean, you lose Jimmy Lake. You could pro- we could probably hire two really good recruiting coach and assist like make two really good hires with that money. And yeah. you could easily get Gerard Alexander, and you could probably get another Gerard Alexander. And Pete's hires have all his assistant coach hires have all been really good. And that's why we've been saying if you get rid of some of the dead weight, the guys who are giving us nothing in recruiting, and and you you get some assistant coaches who can recruit will be recruiting at a level that we've never recruited at before. Well, I, I hope you're right. I mean, cause I mean, look, I, I love Jimmy Lake. I mean, I, he, of course he's done a great job and I want to keep him. I just think that, you know, we're most of the fan base right now is probably overrating him a little bit. And that if we're going to, if we're going to nitpick at some of the assistant coaches for not recruiting and, uh, then we have to call out Lake for you know not being an A plus recruiter. Yeah, no, it's been a drop off, and and uh, look at Malloy turn the corner. I mean, the TSIO guys are ready to write him off, and and they noted the fact that they're wrong, and uh, you know Malloy really stepped it up, and uh, you know, I mean, look, I, and look at. Uh, uh, Junior Adams, a wide receiver. I mean, he got Puka. He's got the, uh, I forget the guy's yeah. name, who's a really good receiver from Cali, from Fresno, Jalen McMillan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in Huff has been killing him in the offensive line, but, line um, class. Yeah, but I understand that. But, you know, Hugh was destroying the wide receivers. Discipline at the position, detail of the position. I'm not really sold on Hoff from a coaching perspective. He has recruited well. You 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 got to give him that. But in my mind, this this offensive line 
It's been fine. Has it been outstanding? I don't think it's been outstanding. It's been fine. For for the experience and the talent on the offensive line, frankly, I think you could you could safely say that they've underperformed to their ability. And and granted, I'm saying they've been good. They've been fine. But I don't think they've been great. But look, Savon right now is third in the conference in rushing. If you factor in, you know, yard, yards per carry, touchdowns, yards per game, he's really, I would say, let me pull this up. I'm sorry. Well, okay, he so he, he's, yeah, he was first at one point after this week. He is in yards per game. He's third, but he's behind uh, Zach Moss, Joshua Kelly. But Savon's averaging 5.8 yards per carry, which is basically for all full-time. As far as full-time guys, that's number two to Zach Moss. So, you know, and he has not. So he's second or third. He's the second or third leading rusher, depending on how you look at it. You know, Eason, I think he's had plenty of time to throw. He hasn't been under duress that many times. I just, I think the offense, it's just the overriding philosophy and, and the macro. I just, I don't have any issue with the offensive line. I just think it's a macro, the macro problem. Is that's the overriding issue, but I, I, that's just my opinion. I don't uh, claim yeah. to be any expert on uh, offensive line play. I mean, how could you? Have, you're happy with virtually every position offensively, but yet they suck. Yeah, it's the coaching. Oh, I, I just can't even. I got to get off the topic. I, it's just making me. It's just. Putting me in a bad. Okay, well, let's go back. Let's go back to the defense because I do want to ask you something. So, what would the defense? We'll get to the questions. Yeah, well, one for you on the defense, then we'll get to the questions. So, as far as uh, what would another dominant performance look like against Colorado? And, and we'll throw Wazoo in there. I mean, is it holding them uh, both below twenty points? Is it holding them below seventeen points? Thirteen points. Thirteen points. Yeah. For both? Yeah. Well, no, I think 13 points for... Colorado. Yeah. 20 for Wazoo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would would probably get us to third. We'd finish the season third on defense in the league. I mean, that, yeah, you start getting in that territory next two weeks, then I feel like there's probably, you know... It's warranted to say they're starting to really turn the corner. At least in my... I know you're already there, but for me, I need a few more games. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they've turned the corner. I just... The dominant... We'll see how dominant they are. Uh, same thing for Tryon. I mean, what do you need to see from him uh, these last two games? Yeah, I think just more consistency... In that uh, he's he's sound in his position, and um, you know he does what he's supposed to do, and, and continues to show it week in week out. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to his uh, maturation at the position for sure. And Tuli and Taimani, they've been playing really well. Also, I oh, mean yeah. this this let, let's just think about something, brother. The defensive line and outside linebacker next year uh-huh. are going to be ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you have uh, you have yeah. Le- Levi has Levi has. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, I was going to say, with well, some of the other younger guys uh, going to make the rotation. Yeah, I mean, but think about it. you have Levi. Who's been unbelievable this year, and then you have Taimani and Tuli, who have made a jump this year. And I, I mean, you have those three guys. Plus, we're not even factoring in Fatui, Jacob Bandis. You know those guys. Yeah, uh, no, that's what I'm saying. And then yeah. an outside linebacker, you have Tryon, you have Leia Tulatu, uh, you have uh, Zion. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's a good-looking prospect. Hey, even Ryan Bowman is still on the team. Oh, and you have five stars of El Smalls. Yep. So I I really love the way our D line and outside linebackers looking. And look, 
you know, at corner, you got Molden at the slot corner, and then the two corners could be McDuffie and Keith Taylor. You know, Dom Hampton, Kyler Gordon, those guys are going to get better. Asa Turner is probably going to make a leap next year. You know, you have a lot of redshirt freshmen at inside linebacker, and we might see some of those these last couple games. So, I, yeah, I really like how the defense is looking now and also next year. But, I mean, I agree with you. It'd be really nice if they can have it, you know, continue from the Oregon State performance and show it again to end the season to kind of confirm that they're back to, you know, where they have been. Sure. Any other comment on that, brother? No. All right. Yeah, we don't have we don't have, we don't have that many questions, but let's get into it. Okay. I'm ready. All right. I'm just loading up my Twitter, boss. Just give me a. Ready when you are. Give me like ten seconds. Right. Yeah. Too too much dead air. <laughs> Eight. Seven. Six. Four. Okay, fire it up. Let's go. All right, let me... God damn it, I thought I had this thing loaded. Oh, boy. All right. Jeez. Let me try on the... People are shutting down their... No, they're not. This is an extremely important segment. <laughs> okay, more important than Pete's pressers, that's for sure. Yeah, Pete's, I mean, Pete, he's just a master of bullshit. <laughs> you, you, master. You still, you still recording? What is more predictable, Twitter banning a Barry McCockiner account or Pete playing bad wide receivers? Do you know who Barry McCockiner is? No. No, oh, he's a great troll on Twitter. World's famous troll. <laughs> World famous troll, huh? No, I would say he always gets banned, but it's Pete. It's him getting banned because Pete. Yeah, I mean Pete. Play, he's playing the bad, the senior wide receivers too much, but he didn't. I mean, you know, he had, he did put in Puka. He has put in Jordan Jin and Bynum, and I hope we see Osborne this game. Yeah, that's that one's really puzzling. And do we obviously we don't know if Spiker is healthy because Pete doesn't talk about injuries. Which I think it's just stupid. Yeah. Next question. What in your life would you give up for a single year of Eason and Joe Brady? I don't know who Joe Brady is. The offensive coordinators transformed LSU to the number one team in the nation. Oh. Uh, I'd be really happy. I don't know what I'd give up for it. I'd give up not attending a game for two years. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of giving up things. <laughs> I, I mean, I could say, yeah, I'd give up my, uh, you know, one of my nuts, but, you know, I'd still like to have those. Would you give up uh, a burger with ketchup on it? For, for, how, for how long? Two years. This is just for a single year. I, I would give up a bur- I'd give up hamburgers, all hamburgers during football season. Okay, fair enough. Good one. Good one. Let's get that guy. Hire his ass. Throw yeah. some money at him. Do you think Pete knows or cares about the negative perception of his offense? I think he knows. I don't think he really cares. Next question. You are in charge of hiring a new offensive coordinator for UW and defining what the identity of the UW offense looks like going forward. What is your base offense? What is your view on tempo? Do you want running QBs? Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any names, so to, so to speak, off the top of my head at this moment. But what would your base offense be? Can you comment on tempo, and do you want a running QB? I think in the college game, a running QB is, you know, is is a huge leverage 
for the team, you know, for the offense, uh, the running threat. But like truly elite running quarterbacks that can throw, they're not common. <laughs> um, you know, if they can, if the quarterback can run very well and throw decent, sure. But like truly elite guys that can throw and run, I mean, it's just really hard to get those guys. Um, but I take a running quarterback with a good arm. But it doesn't need to be a great arm. We're going to be a good arm. I take that. Uh, the base offense, I, I, to me, would be a play action offense. Um, that would uh, with stretch runs, and then you could uh, have your running quarterback. You know, build off of uh, your play action, your stretch runs, and build off those base things to off of running like quarterback run plays um so basically you'd have the same formations show the same looks but then you'd have nuance off of those uh formations that would allow you to run a couple different plays uh to keep the off the defense off balance so you give them looks you give them subtle uh changes and wrinkles in the offense then tempo wise you know I think tempo really depends on on your quarterback and how they respond. Um, I mean, frankly, I'll give credit to Browning when they ran ran tempo with Browning. They actually were, you know, he did pretty well. He was efficient. I think I think Eason Eason shown um, some good stretches, you know, with an up tempo offense. But to me, I, that's just really going to be more uh, predicated on on the quarterback and what they're comfortable doing on a tempo-wise perspective. So I don't have a clear answer on on what my desire would be around tempo. So what? let's just call it for next year. Let's just assume Mason returns. Then what what kind of offense should we have, (sighs) given that he's not a running quarterback? Well, I think, you know. Play action with RPOs and stretch yeah. runs. Yeah, I mean, you got, obviously, you want to highlight Savon and Newton. And, you know, I think Cam Davis is going to factor. Yeah. Um, he should be a huge factor. I just hope we don't see the same thing at running back next year that we saw this year. I, I think we're this year at wide receiver. I mean, but continue. The, the improvement, the improvement is that it really comes down to Hamden being able to adjust when the defense adjusts, right? Because we've seen flashes of the offense being, uh, you know, working and and putting together, you know, full drives. It's just they can't keep it sustained. I think. It's because Bush, right. you know, he, he's predictable. I mean, I, I think a lot of fans that, that watch this offense knows a lot of times what they're going to do in certain situations. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, he panics and goes to the pass when it's not necessarily needed. Um you know, I think they need to get rid of all of the bubble and tunnel screens. We're not good at it. You need really good physical wide receivers to run that shit. Maybe that changes with some of the younger talent that comes up. But if you're going to commit to that crap, you have got to block with ferocity. And you got to get the ball into a playmaker, and it's got to be bang, bang. There is no delay. And you... you you got to have guys that can block. That's just the bottom line. And we haven't seen, oh. that. We haven't seen that. What was it? the mic caught some feedback there? I think. Of what? I don't know. Whatever noise you're making there. Oh, I think my hand was on the computer. No. Sorry. Um, no, no. Uh, I like your answer. Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna go with your answer because I'm not smart enough on. All that stuff. Well, I mean, what kind of tempo would you like to see with um, with with Eason if he if he were to return? 
Uh, well, I mean, do you like him up? Do you like what kind? Of, I mean, I'm just saying, what kind of tempo do you like? You can answer that. I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert on that, so I don't know what would be best. You know, maybe a little bit of tempo here and there, strategically, at certain times. Yeah. What do we got? I mean, may, maybe if you know, may, maybe like you you scored and then the other team went three and you know you had a long drive, you scored and then the other team went three and out, so their defense is a little tired and it's back on the field. You know, then like that, depending on you know if you're ahead by seven or ten, maybe you could try and do you know get the defense off guard with tempo and you know make it a two or three score game. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. at those points. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. Why does this UW squad seem to struggle with the lead against good teams, Utah and Oregon? Who is to blame for the lack of killer instinct? I mean, I think there's some room to give Oregon and Utah some credit in regards to, frankly, having better teams. Uh, you know, that, that Utah team's been together for a while now. I mean, they were due. I mean, Whittingham's been building a team there. Um, I, I think part of, frankly, I think a lot of it falls on the shoulder of the coaches. I think there's been some panic uh, with Hamden, especially offensively. And, and we know that Pete's clock management's not necessarily elite. Far from it. Yeah. I mean, the killer instinct thing, I, I, I mean, I think that's a mindset, right? But, like, what does that actually mean, like, in the game? Like, are the players clamming up and they... I mean, oh. Yeah, sorry. I was just adjusting. Okay. Hot mic. I mean, like, when there's a killer instinct, like, what does that mean? Going for the deep ball or, you know, trying to to get the quarter. I mean, like, you still have to play your team, you know, or what you want to accomplish as a team, right? I mean, I I just don't know what they necessarily could have done. Like, obviously, extend drives and make stops defensively. Um, But that, that could be just... Them running out of gas and not mentally being built for those type of games yet with, with some of the youth too. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint exactly, right? I mean, right. What made adjustments in the second half? Uh, they and they were better adjustments, like much better because they were able to overcome, you know, in a you know fairly large deficit. Um, well, so. Uh, yeah, first of all, to have a killer instinct, you have to be clearly, well, not clearly, but you have to, I mean, to, for that killer instinct to show up, to be evident to everybody, you know, you have to be better than the other team, or at least capable of enforcing your will at the end of the game. And I don't know if we're, like you pointed out, you know, we're, we don't have the experience that those teams do. I also, I don't, Excuse me. I also think that there's a lack of leadership. I mean, who's who are the who's the leader on defense? Who says you know I'm going to make a play? You know, you know I'm I'm going to make a play. Like I'm going to get this fourth down stop. You know, there's no Azim Victor, obviously that you can count. I mean, I think the the run defense. I mean, that's a huge issue at the end. At the end of the game, the defense is kind of tired. And you have weak run defense. That's just good teams are going to exploit that easily. Yeah, no, um, I think it's a fair point. And, yeah, and so I just, you know, I don't, I, I just think this, you know, there's a lack of senior leadership on this team. And, you know, Petros has made the point that it seems like, you know, when getting to crunch time, UW doesn't know who the, you know, who they can depend on, who the guys are going to be that are going to make the key plays. And I think, um, you know, one thing, also teams kind of, 
they, they can reflect their coaches. Like Mike Hopkins, for example, like that guy's always optimistic. And if you look at the basketball team, like they've had some amazing comebacks in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I know they just lost to Tennessee, but I mean, playing against Baylor, they were down by 12 with eight minutes to go. I mean, they couldn't make anything. I mean, it was just an ugly game. You know, and they were able to come back, tie the game, and then win it. And so I think, Pete, I, I mean, I you know, I think that's a possibility that teams can reflect their coaches. Although, you know, last year and then in 2016, I don't know if Pete has changed that much. I mean, he doesn't look like he was, he's more of a tightwad than he was two or three years ago. So... I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I don't. The leadership component's big. I, I, I think that's, that's the leadership. a leadership. You talk about that killer instinct, like getting guys, you, you know, getting in people's faces, letting guys know it's time to finish. You know, we're going to do this as a team. You know, we're going to finish this out. And, and, you know, maybe that's some of that stuff's happening and we don't know. I, you know, but I think that's a fair, fair point to bring up. Right, I mean, you just go back to last year and the game that Miles Gaskin had against Stanford. He was obviously hurt. He missed the last two and a half games. I mean, he had some huge runs in that game that were overlooked. And, I mean, the offense was, without him, the offense couldn't do anything. I mean, it, it was not good. And, you know, you don't... Like that kind of, I mean, Savon has been great this year, but I guess that kind of element where the offense would know, okay, you know, Miles is in. We know we can count on him to carry us, you know, with our defense being top notch. And I, I, you know, and I think, I, I think the, you know, from what we've heard, the players on the team, they know that the best receivers have not been playing most of the season. They know that the Munchkins are questionable. And I think, you know, I, that also, that I think that also is an issue. I mean, that has to hurt people's confidence on the offense and on the defense as well. Yeah, you know, like uh, you're playing against Cal and, and you know late in the game, and you know you know one of your senior wide receivers, um, he's in the end zone and he just doesn't even stop to do the toe drag, which is like a textbook receiver play. I mean, that was a senior receiver who did that. The other senior receiver right before Peyton Henry made that huge kick. You know, he was wide open on uh, you know, what he like a slant, and I mean, he just was afraid of getting hit and just totally botched it at that point. I mean, that's just you know, that has to have a mental effect on the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think it does. So, uh, yeah, all right. I think we covered that one. But uh, any, anything else you want to say on that, Jimmy? No, no, I don't. Okay. Got Couple more questions. Uh, who do you want to see eight win U Dub play for bowl season and what bowl? Well, I think uh, I think the Michigan game would be interesting, just because they're going to play again. It could add for some added intrigue for uh, next fall. Yeah. How about you? The, pros- How about you? <laughs> the prospect of a five. Yeah, I, I would like to see us play in the Holiday Bowl, and I'd like to see us win the game. Although I, I, I honestly think it doesn't make a huge – the result of bowl games tends to be the, – there, there tends to be little correlation between that and how the next season goes. I mean, yeah. pe- people tend to overvalue and overrate bowl wins. Although it would I, – I think in this respect, if we played Michigan – and I think Iowa, I mean, I was looking at Sagarin and Iowa, I think is one ahead of us or one behind behind us. Michigan is clearly a better, not clearly, but they're a better team than we are by a couple rankings. Um, you know, I, I think beating one of those teams would be really significant, actually. But Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, I just, you know, I want to see us close out the year and, and get better and start start building for next year. Yep. Uh, next question. I don't have a question. I just wanted to know that this East Coast Duke is enjoying Chester's calls into the postgame show. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. Uh, next question. Still think we're on the Clemson trajectory. Um, actually, we still are. And if Eason comes back, we're still on that trajectory. Uh, if Eason comes back, you know, he could be our Deshaun Watson uh, 
for next season, which would be Clemson's 2015 season. So we are still on Clemson's trajectory. However, Jimmy, we have to, you know, we would have to make the playoff next year and we would have to really elevate our recruiting uh, because after next season, as far as Clemson, that was the point when their recruiting really accelerated. So, yeah, I mean, this season has been disappointing, but, you know, we didn't fall off the trajectory just yet. Okay, well, they got a lot to do, for, got a lot of work to do for next year then. Yeah. Well, I look, just get most of the guys to return, including Eason, and, uh, you know, get somebody to come in and overhaul the offense, make a few coaching changes, and I... I think we're gonna we're gonna have a great year next year if we do those things. Okay, buddy. Is that it? That's it, brother. All right. Time to shut her down. Yep. yep. Well. Alrighty. On that note, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and uh, maybe at the end of the week, Jimmy, you can give us a live report from uh, Denver. Yeah, I'll call you yeah. on your phone while you're at. Uh, are you gonna go? You're gonna go to Rocky Mountain National Park? I don't think so. <laughs> no. What 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 other what spots might be on your itinerary aside from uh, Boulder? You don't or you don't want to share that with the audience? Yeah, downtown Denver. Yeah, you know, eat some good food and have some know. good beer. Yeah, you know, check out this city and you know yeah you know just enjoy enjoy the area enjoy some food I'm all about enjoying food especially right. especially Burger Master yeah I know your love for Burger Master alright buddy any final words before we show this or uh, close this down I got no final words good enough All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we might have a little prediction pod coming up before the game. Yeah, we'll see.